Nosy Nancy's is a true crime podcast that deals with real life situations. If you are sensitive to any of the trigger words, this is not the podcast for you. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Aliqua. And I'm Jasmine. And welcome to Nosy Nancy's episode 13. Lucky 13. The season finale. It is. Oh my god. This is crazy because I didn't even think we would even have a one whole season. I so, don't think so either. <laughs> between my ADHD and your uh, cuteness. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> your your cuteness always gets us in trouble. <laughs> it never allows for you to finish anything. Everybody's so distracted by your your cuteness. That's what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a pretty long episode. Yeah. Not just because it's the finale, but we've got a lot of things to talk about. But I just kind of want to do like a recap. Um what was your favorite episode of this whole season? I wasn't expecting you to ask that. Well, <laughs> I did tell you like three times last week that I was, was going to ask you that. But I forgot that, that we both suffer from dementia. So. Yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed... Um, I mean, God, that's hard to choose. I enjoyed them all, but I feel like the the special on Raul Meza Jr. I I thought oh. that, that was kind of cool. Yeah, do. I think I was gonna say like it would be between Raul Meza Jr. and um, man, the Todd Guybe episode though, like Todd yeah. Guybe, his case is just so freaky. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're right, like, they're all, they're all so just mind-blowing in the fact that, like, nobody is, has found any answers for any of these. Yeah, exactly. And the answers anybody. given are not, don't sit well. Yeah, well, they're just not, they're just not good enough. Exactly. I don't think. No. I do want to recap about the last week's episode with Peter Salvino. I did, like, double-check, and some phones can be submerged in water but it's only up to 30 minutes after that it's gone right the phone is the phone is kaput if his phone was found on his body then it should have been dead the call should have gone to voicemail like yeah immediately the chicago police definitely need to reopen that case i would think so definitely yeah i think we should just dive into this because it's gonna ha we have a lot of stuff to talk about today, i do so. too i do too let me go ahead and start. And you know what? I'm going to start with actually, I want to travel back in time because three episodes ago mm -hmm. was when we covered Cliff Axtell. Now, during that time, there wasn't a lot of information on him right? Um, that was available. So he was just kind of glanced over. 
but they actually did release this week the result of his autopsy report. I'm just gonna kind of read it out because I haven't like paraphrased it or anything. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. So uh, this is from KXAN. A man found dead in Ladybird Lake in March may have fallen or entered the water or had a natural event near the water, according to a medical examiner's report obtained by KXAN. This is me. Par okay. This is me. <laughs> My okay. stuff. <laughs> Hi. Hi, this is Hi, me. this is me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so a natural event is obviously described as one that occurs due to an internal factor such as like a heart attack or cancer or diabetes or something like that nothing external Broke. like a traumatic injury right. so that's right. gonna assume that they didn't find any kind of trauma on his body police and first responders were called to 1100 west riverside drive on the morning of march the 5th and clifton axel 40 years old was pronounced dead at the scene Unfortunately, there are often no specific findings at autopsy to confirm drowning as the case of death. The report said, mm. adding, it is often dependent on case circumstances because it didn't so, have... Go ahead. So that means that they didn't find any water in his lungs. Yeah. Determination of drowning for an autopsy is often dependent on case circumstances because they didn't have more information on the circumstances as it was an unwitnessed event and it's unclear how the man entered the water, the official cause and manner of death were best certified as undetermined. The report stated that the medical examiner's opinion would be updated if new information became available. Um, Austin police previously said that the death isn't being investigated as suspicious. The report also referenced medical records obtained from a february 23rd visit to uh -huh. some somewhere yeah uh, <clears throat> that stated that the man had severe depression though he denied having suicidal thoughts and it also mentioned that that visit happened days prior to being reported missing so well, that's interesting to me that they would even bring that up if there was no water in the lungs. Like, people jump off bridges to kill themselves, right. right? So, to me, the fact that they're even mentioning that is kind of, like, a little bit of, like, a deterrent. Well, and I like, mean, there are several nonviolent ways to commit suicide, like, if you're overdosing or whatever. But those yeah. can be usually found in an autopsy. You and know, also, no... Like, and nobody goes to the water's edge to, to OD. Yeah. And also, you know, in the case of a natural event, like uh, cancer or diabetes or a heart attack or something, that can also be determined during the autopsy. So this just Absolutely. really kind of seems to me like they're just like, eh, don't know. You know, like, don't, yeah. don't know, don't care. Yeah. Like, if we get something... Because they're relying on, like, eyewitnesses to come forward and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I saw this, I saw this. And then they'll be like, oh, of course, drowning. He fell in. Right. Like, um, Martin Gutierrez's brother was saying, like, they had, they had uh, a few, like, witnesses and they weren't even interviewed. 
No, oh, I think that was was that Martin Gutierrez? No, that? sorry, that was Jason John. Jason John. Yeah. I wonder if they did a toxicology report. I I would like to I hope they released that if they did, because it just seems kind of strange that they would even mention <clears throat> his depression his depression. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that's just a cop out of like, oh yeah, well he was suicidal, so it could also be that. Well, I mean, most people who are suicidal, like you're gonna know that they committed suicide. It's not gonna be like just a fucking mystery. Like there's no water in the lungs here, but he was found in the water. There's no absolutely, absolutely no indication of a natural event. There's no indication of suicide. So like, how did he end up? dead they just don't know they just don't know and they're and they're just letting everybody know like hey sorry we're we rely on witnesses to tell us how they yeah died. damn we could be detectives at this rate. i mean come on like we could be like carmen san diego <gasps> oh my god where in the world are we hell anyways <laughs> What an interesting turn of events that 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 they released his his uh, cause of death. Yeah, and I would be like, if I was the medical examiner's office, I would be so fucking embarrassed to release I that. Would, yeah, yeah. Just don't they know. Just don't know. They don't, don't know. know. Sorry. And they're and you know it's not that's not <clears throat> even the like like that's not even the part that's that's bad to me. I mean like. <clears throat> We do know it's hard to determine the cause of death in 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 water deaths. We do know that it like the whole thing is hard. Yeah. But the fact that they just they leave a lot of this stuff up just just up to the medical examiners. Yeah. Like the medical examiners, yeah, they're kind of like detectives when it comes to the human anatomy, but like the detectives should be the ones out there doing the hard work, like right. looking around, like asking for witnesses and and it's not just Austin. That's what's so funny is that it's it's all these, all these places, all their detectives and police force. They just all suck. Exactly. They just suck. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and move on. Yeah. Uh, to Moga, Degale. Okay. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but again, there's not a lot of information. So earlier, the ones without a lot of information were too old. And in this case, he's just too new. Like, right. They don't have a lot of information released. It's probably going to be months before we hear anything about an autopsy. So Mocha was found in Lady Bird Lake near West Seizure Chavez. He was found on June 27th of this year. So about two months ago, almost, police responded to a call of a body in the water around 1030 a.m. on a Tuesday, and he was pronounced dead at 1058 a.m. Police said that the incident was not being investigated as a homicide, but that it was too early to tell if foul play was involved or even even if he drowned. Uh, and they would be oh. basically relying on the medical wow. examiner's office to determine uh, if that was the case, which could take months. Right. As we um, know from from John Christopher Hayes Clark's case. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so in response to the public outcry over serial killer, um, because keep in mind, it, 
he was the fifth body found in the area within six months. So and that's really and that's really really important. And I am going to touch back on that when I do um, Noah Enos. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so they responded that it's no big deal, basically, that all the inc- incidents happened independently from one another. So, like, there's no serial killer because they happened independently. Sweetie, do you <laughs> not know how serial killers operate? <laughs> like, I, so. I don't, I don't understand that. Is it, are they saying because, like. Like, all of Ted Bundy's victims were not together. Like, they were all separate events. And they were in separate fucking states, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, so is- I didn't really understand the point of the incidents yeah. are all independent from each other. So, like, I don't... No worries. Yeah, they're so independent from each other that they're, you know... They're in the same lake. They're around the same bridge. They're they have the same ammo. They're yeah. all men, yeah. you know. But they but they weren't holding hands, so I guess that they're independent from each other. I don't. Yeah, exactly. They weren't all in there at the same time, so not connected. Right, right. And that is uh, unfortunately at this time all that I all that I could find of um, Mocha of Mocha. And then I have one more thing. It's a surprise. It's a special. It's a surprise? It's a surprise and it's a special. So in Christian Pugh's episode, uh, you might remember Christian Pugh visited the container bar. And my research on the container bar owned by Bridget Dunlap. That. Look, she is she is enemy number one in this podcast. I swear. I swear, Bridget. Bridget Dudlap, don't you dare listen to this. <laughs> don't please don't come. Don't you dare. Yeah. Please don't come for me, Bridget. This is all <laughs> alleged. Yeah. <laughs> uh during my research on the container bar, I did find that um there was a suicide. So I did learn more about that. And we're going to hear about it today. Surprise! Awesome. Surprise! Surprise! Um, on July 16th of 2019, police officers responded to a call for gunfire at the container bar just before midnight. Uh, Reddit users present at the incident said that a man just walked onto the crowded dance floor and shot himself in the head. That. Ugh. That man was Salvatore Sal Cincinnelli. So, um, now the container bar is on, it was on Rainy Street. It was on Rainy Street. It closed down. It was like a bar made out of shipping containers stacked all together. Oh, that's hence the name container bar. Container bar. Got it. Um, so. Sal was an FBI agent. He was actually a former Wall Street trader who joined the FBI in 2011. And he was, uh, he led the financial crime investigations in New York City Uh. before he was promoted to FBI headquarters, like their financial investigations division. So... 
we do know that earlier in the day he was at an FBI training session and that he was out at the container bar with other FBI agents, like assuming, you know, he's just blowing off steam. Right. Um, right. So the reasons for the suicide remain unknown, but there are actually like two conspiracy theories as to why he would have. I'm going to go with the most ridiculous first. Okay. Which is the Clinton administration body bag death theory. <laughs> oh, God. What does that even mean? I was kind of nervous. So, <laughs> they, there's conspiracy theories known as the Clinton body bag theories, where the ba basically the theory suggests that anyone who had incriminating evidence against the Clintons have all died under suspicious circumstances um, and with the assumption that the Clintons were responsible for the deaths. Oh, it it okay. was said that Sal was investigating the Clinton Foundation during his career, but there was never any actual evidence released that he did or was investigating the Clintons. So right. that's just kind of like the Clintons did it. It's he's another like Clinton body bag. Is there any conspiracy <clears throat> theory besides the fucking Loch Ness monster that doesn't have to do with the Clintons? I'm so over it. I know. Like, pick somebody else. We're they're just two old <sighs> bags by now. I know. Like, get your shit together, please. Yeah. Come on. The other conspiracy theory, and this is the juicy one, and Ooh. then it get and then it just gets weird. Okay. So, um, the other, oh, I love it. The other, uh, conspiracy theory is, um, his connection to his sister, Valerie Cincinnati. So his younger sister, Valerie, who at the time of his death was 35 years old, was an NYPD police officer who was busted by the FBI in May of 2019. So he committed suicide in, in June, June, uh, no, sorry, July. Uh. So in May, oh. she was busted for trying to hire a hitman through her sugar daddy, John Deruba, to kill... I'm sorry. Wait. How do you get a sugar daddy? Because I... I'm in need of one. Okay? I, I don't know, you... but evidently he paid all of her bills and everything, and the only thing she ever gave to him was $7,000 to try to hire a hitman. Oh my god. So to kill to kill who? To kill his own 14-year-old daughter who oh. she said was getting in the way of their relationship. Shut up. And then also to kill her estranged husband Isaiah Carvalho because their divorce and custody battle was getting bitter and she just wanted him gone. Ew, what a, what a cunt. Yeah. How can, how can you afford, look, if a 14 year old girl is like, is like tromping on your tulips and you're like, you're like so pressed about it. Like you need, you need help. You need, yeah. you need to be. So at the time of Sal's death, she was being held without bail at the Metropolitan Detention Center on charges of murder for hire and obstruction of justice. She ended up being given four years in prison. That's for, it? That's it. Um, and she was sentenced 
for that in October of 2021. Most likely be getting out pretty soon. She, anyway, she was trying to kill them. I'm like trying to read on Reddit like what exactly went on since people are like, oh yeah, I was there, I was there. <laughs> uh I don't know what was happening. Um, but people who were there said that allegedly that night Sal was out there having a good time on the dance floor and he started to notice a lot of FBI agents there who were undercover and that one was behind the bar, a bartender like took off his shirt and showed that he had an FBI vest on. And one person said that the, the bartender who removed his shirt was actually pushed by a quote, small, very strong woman who was also wearing an FBI shirt. What? This is according to, to eyewitnesses at the bar? Yeah. Alleged eyewitnesses at the bar. So, yeah, it's Reddit. So we don't, we, we have yeah. no way of like We have no way of not. But right. um, that's when Sal allegedly pulled the gun on himself was when he realized that he was surrounded by FBI agents. Reddit users also claimed that after the shooting, they were told to delete any video or photographs of the crime scene by the FBI agents and to stay off the internet and to keep quiet about the incident that they didn't want anything getting released to the public. They were not to take pictures of outside the building. They weren't supposed to have anything and then began going through the phones of people who were there and deleting any type of evidence that they had of that night. Is that legal? I don't know. I mean, does the FBI care? Like, I, I just feel like you can't be like, hey, let me let me get in your personal property right. and then and then delete whatever I want. Like, that shouldn't be legal. Yeah, I wouldn't think. I mean, I'm sure that it's not. But I mean, I don't know. That's why. So a lot of people were saying that since the local news outlets didn't report much on the incident, um, yeah. And it's believed that that's because the FBI tried so hard to keep the story from going mainstream. Really, the reasoning, like the reasoning that they don't release a lot of information about suicides is because it does encourage people, like, especially if they, like, are feeling like they're not going to leave a mark anywhere if they commit suicide in a public place, then yeah, they don't it's going to be reported. Yeah. Right. They don't they don't want to give any ideas. They don't want right. to help. Yeah. First of all, this is what I don't understand cuz he was there with a bunch of FBI people. Yeah, like he's an FBI agent and he's there after an FBI training. So So of yeah. course there's going to be other there's FBI be agents. FBI's, there. right. But also I was going to say like the probably they don't want it released because of his family. Like Right. Anytime anybody dies under any kind of circumstances i mean the family is allotted privacy yeah like that's just how that goes like you have to give the family privacy and 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 also our news our news in, in the united states does not report gruesome details a lot of people are saying that 
something like while the FBI was investigating Valerie, they came up with something incriminating against Sal and they went to go get him from the nightclub knowing that he would be there. And then he just kind of like did a like the jig is up type of thing and shot himself. There's some other people who said that um, it might have been a like basically like faking your own death like the FBI was involved, but it was just to kind of get him out of the picture for something else that they had going on. Um, and that he's really just somewhere else under a different name and he's doing fine. Uh, doubt that. And then someone else uh, said that it could have been like accidental, like discharge of his weapon or whatever. There's like a few... The FBI agents were there. A few of them had guns and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. It just depends. But uh, the FBI declined to comment on his death from what I saw. And so did Bridget Dunlap, which that's not any fucking. Yeah, nothing new there. Yeah. Right. That's not a big surprise. I just, um, it, it, it does beg to, to question because that's kind of a public, I mean, that's that's a statement that he's making. If yeah. if it was a, if it was in fact a suicide, that is like quite the statement that you're doing. You're Dude. going into a filled fucking space yeah. with people on the dance floor to shoot yourself and was he dancing or what was he doing? Was he just standing there? I I don't know. I mean, that's premeditated. I don't know. You I normally people don't don't do that right yeah, I mean, exactly I don't, so, I don't know i don't know man but that's the story of the container bar suicide from what that from what i found what a bizarre what a fucking bizarre story i couldn't even wrap my little brain around this i'm like what's no. going on <laughs> it's, like, i know what are you talking it's, about it's so many it's just so many like it's so many branches from that one little tree. Yeah. It's crazy. What a good, what a good addition. Finale. Is that it? Is that all you That's got That's it. Me? That's all I got. All right. Well, guess I'll do mine then. Okay. Talk okay. about buttered sausage. Talk about buttered sausage. Where does it come from? What it does? Why it's doing what, what it's doing? Get it out of my face. Have you seen that? No, are you having a stroke? What's happening? <laughs> Gary Busey? Oh my <laughs> you god. You haven't seen that? Uh uh. Buttered sausage. Buttered sausage. What's he doing? <laughs> I was like, I was like, am I having a stroke? Because <laughs> I can't. Buttered sausage. I and love then, Gary Busey. I and, don't then care he's like, and then he's like, I don't buy jam, I buy honey, and I kiss it on the lips. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine that guy? You know what? Gary Busey looks like Rick from Rick and Morty. If if Rick was a real person, that would be I Gary Busey. I could definitely see that. No, I could definitely see I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So... This is the case of Noah Enos. Now, like Moga Dagali, Noah Enos ha is the last person that they've pulled 
from either Lake Michigan or Chicago River in Chicago, Illinois. On Monday, June 12th, 2023, 26-year-old Chicago resident Noah Enos attended a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard show at venue at a venue called the Salt Salt Strand. Called the Shark the Shark Shed. Um, the shark uh, shed. The shark shed. Uh, <laughs> a venue called the Salt Shed at thirteen fifty seven North Elston Avenue in Chicago with a coworker. Around ten PM shortly after the show had ended, Enos and his coworker were separated and his coworker never saw Noah again. According to Enos's family, he had been in touch with his friends via text and Snapchat at about 9 p.m., but that his phone had died right around the time he left his coworker. So by like 10 o'clock, 10 p.m., he uh, his phone was dead, basically. Mm-hmm. Surveillance footage from the venue captured Enos talking with some people outside of the salt shed and then walking northbound on North Elston Avenue. This would be the last video footage of Noah Enos. Five days later, on Saturday, June 17th, at approximately 9.45 a.m., the body of Noah Enos was pulled from the Chicago River at the 1300 block of North Elston Avenue, a little under half of a mile from the salt shed where Enos was last seen alive. So I googled it, or I google mapped it, and it's literally like an eight-minute walk from the, the venue to where... To where he was found... To where they were, fa- yeah, where they found his body. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like right. It's like, like right at the water's edge. And um, he, and he was missing for how long? Five days. Jesus. Enos's family said he had moved to the Chicago area about a, a year and a half ago with his girlfriend, who was heavily involved in in the search for him after he went missing, as well as his younger brother. He was kind, loving, very artistic, loved music, loved animals, very smart, said his father, Stephen Enos. He was really getting his life together before it was taken from him. Oh, oh I know. Before the discovery of Enos's body, his family had spoken to the media about their suspicions that, that foul play have, may have been involved in his death. On the night of June 12th, the night Noah Enos went missing, his girlfriend, Nicole Widge, claimed that Noah had been texting and sending her pictures up until around 9.30 p.m. When she could not reach Noah after the show ended, she thought that he might have gone for a drink with with his co-worker. However, when he still did not return by 4 a.m., Nicole drove by the salt shed because she felt something was wrong. She said, and I quote, Even if he did want to go hang out with a friend, he would tell me. He would borrow friends' phones and he would tell me. End quote. Although Nicole and Noah had been together for about two years, they knew each other since middle school. She said that her family moved out to Missouri while Noah's family just moved there. We said we're 14. We probably shouldn't do a long-distance relationship. Let's see if we can find our way back to each other again. Then we'll make it work. I need to bring him home, that she had told one of the news stations. That's sad. I know. It's super sad. Um, Noah's family suspected foul play almost immediately after he went missing. According to the AT&T records, the last outgoing text from his phone was around 7 p.m. that night, despite his friends and Nicole receiving messages up until 9.30 p.m. 
I was going to say, after, wasn't he texting yeah. her not after nine? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if there was something weird going on or if it was mm -hmm. just because their records just weren't correct. I don't know. After Noah's body was found, his family enlisted the help of retired New York City homicide detective Kevin Gannon to look into Noah's death, which I had no idea. So Kevin Gannon right now is working with his family. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Although the medical examiner conducted their own forensic examination, Noah's father, Stephen Enos, instructed the medical examiner to preserve samples of Noah's brain, liver, stomach, and lungs for future for further future investigation. Stephen Enos also went on to say in a radio interview that the missing persons detective seemed annoyed every time they would call and that they never pulled the surveillance footage from the salt shed until Eno's team tried to obtain the footage. Uh, we know he was murdered and we believe that there's a serial killer, Noah's stepmother, Kathy Vanderwarf, said. Since December, at least five young men were reported missing for several days before their bodies were discovered in either Lake Michigan or, or the Chicago River. This has fueled speculation on social media that a serial killer is to blame, though city and county officials told the many news stations reporting on the issue that there is no evidence that the cases are related. This is where it gets interesting. Because Moga Degali, he's also the fifth person found. Right. In, La in Lady Bird Lake. Yeah. Since, since the start of the year. Exactly. So... Noah was the fifth and last person found in the Chicago River since December of 2022. And Moga is the fifth and last person found in Lady Bird Lake since January of 2023. Damn. And they were, they were both pulled out in June. So Moga was pulled out in... June 27th. Noah was found June 17th. So that was 10 days apart 10 days from apart. each other. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to list off this real quick. Um, just to kind of give you a timeline. On December 7th in 2022 in Chicago, first generation Polish student, uh, Chris, Christoph Suzbert was found in the Chicago River. On December 11th, 2022 an unidentified person was found in austin uh on december 20th 2022 peter salvino was found in chicago on december 25th 2022 another unidentified male was found in austin on february 13th 2023 jason john was found in austin and then on march 17th Joel Orduno was found in Chicago. And then it keeps going down from there. Damn. There's a pattern there. They're yeah, definitely. So For these to not allegedly be connected, and especially since they're so independent from each other, you know, then I don't, I just don't see how it's not being pieced together that the well, it's what's just... going on in Austin is yeah really it's part of something larger richard garcia uh was found in in april in chicago a guy named seamus gray was found 
uh, at the end of April. Um, and then Noah Enos was found in June. It mirrors the guys in Austin. Right, exactly. There's four people uh, between Chicago and Austin alone that happened that were found in December. We probably should talk about the um, victims that are unidentified, though, in Austin. Oh, I'm going to read down the list just so everybody can kind of have a frame of reference of also why this is a big deal is that it's not only the 13 episodes that we've done of the people who have been identified. Um, February 17th of 2010, an unidentified male was found. Uh, body had been in the water for some time. No other details. January 14th of 2012, a body was found in Barton Springs. No other details on that one. June 14th of 2012, body found, no other details. February 14th of 2016, a 50-year-old male found in Ladybird Lake, fully dressed, no items missing. Uh, December 23rd of 2016, an unidentified male in his 40s found in Ladybird Lake near I-35 and the Holiday Inn. Wow, no surprise there. Yeah. June 16th of 2017, man in his 30s found in Ladybird Lake close to South Lakeshore Boulevard, which is where they found Raid. Yep. Um, September 27th of 2018, an identified male body found in Ladybird Lake near Congress Bridge. August 14th of 2019, male body found face down in Ladybird Lake near Seaholm Power Plant. June 15th of 2022, an identified person had been in the water for some time. No other details. July 14th of 2022 was an unidentified person found floating in Ladybird Lake at 9th and East Avenue per reports. But the water is not there. So it's probably actually off of C North Cedar Chavez. Oh, yeah. And ninth. Um, December 11th of 2022, an identified person found at Ladybird Lake South Valley Road. T December 25th of 2022, an unidentified person found in Ladybird Lake near Pfluger Pedestrian Bridge and Lamar. December 28th of 2022, an unidentified person found in Ladybird Lake near Congress Avenue. So that's three just in December 2022 alone. Yeah. Yeah. That are unidentified. So. Yeah. And, and again, we don't know if it's because. So some of these people, their family members might have requested that they stay unidentified to the public. Mm -hmm. um, and others, they could just they could just be unidentifiable because they've been in the water for too long or because there was no missing person report that was matching them. Th there has been questions of were some of these people migrant workers? And I, I mean, yeah, of course they could be, we don't know. We have no idea. We don't know if they're, if they're homeless. We don't know if they're, you know, if they're migrant workers, we don't, we don't, if they're runaways, we have no idea. Right. Like we had talked about it in the, the very beginning of this podcast that we tried to search for missing persons that would, you know, that would 
um, be similar or of the dates of like when they went missing that would fit some of these descriptions. Yeah, and literally nothing nothing came yeah. up in Austin. Yeah. If yeah. you narrowed down the search to Austin, there would be fucking nothing. Nothing. And we have so little to go on because like a lot of these the what which one was it? The one of the guys was like fully clothed. Yeah. Uh 50-year-old male found in Ladybird Lake fully dressed, yeah. no items missing. Like right. that that guy was probably somebody somebody probably did eventually identify him yeah i mean if he had a a wallet and i'm assuming that's what that means but his family probably just stopped but other than that like that's the most information we have on any of these guys exactly so it's just it's just so hard to find anything um which is which is pretty bizarre if you think about it because this is a major metropolitan area right it's scary yeah, and the state capital. Like, yeah. there should be some kind of intelist. Anyways, well, I think it's time for me to do the missing persons. Okay. All right. So, for this week's missing person and for the final until next season, um, this is a runaway. Uh, her name is... Um, Ava Zandra Harris. Um, she was reported as a runaway from her Georgetown home on July 30th, 2023. Ava's parents report they have not heard from her and are concerned because she did not take her medications with her. Oh, on, God. I know. On August 7th, 2023, Georgetown Police Department have received information Ava was seen in South Austin at a jack-in-the-box restaurant at 1936 Ultor Street. Ava is described as 5 foot 7, 160 pounds, short brown hair with green eyes and frequently wears long brown a long brown wig with blonde highlights. Ava may be in the area and will state she is 18 years old when asked. Anyone with information on Ava's location are encouraged to contact the Georgetown Police Department at 512-930-3510 or pd at georgetown.org um and we i will put her i will put her picture on the instagram and in the facebook group so if y'all see her let's help let's help get her home yeah um in oldorf that's a dangerous area yeah like, all right, so we are going to break until October, where we'll pick up with season two. And we will announce what we're going to be doing for season two sometime between now and October. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be, uh, we'll be, and we'll be hanging around. So yeah. we'll be, we'll, we'll be announcing around. stuff and doing stuff and, do, you know, we're not yeah. like disappearing completely. And it's only for a month and a half. So. Yeah, so I've had relationships end sooner than that. That's so you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, this ain't no thing. So you won't even um, notice we're gone, and we won't yeah. be. We're still creeping around. Yeah. We're, oh, are you kidding? We're probably in your bathroom right now, as 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 we speak, exactly. or your closet. Exactly. Look. I'm not I'm not too proud to be hanging out in somebody's closet. 
Okay. I'm not saying, like, if you turn around, I'm going to be there, but... <laughs> just don't turn around. Just for don't risk it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you do like our podcast, we really are trying to get the word out and, and, and help some of these families get some, some justice and some closure and, I don't know, try to get the city of Austin to give just one flying fuck yeah. that would be nice exactly. so if you could if you could share us if you could if you could share like your favorite episode or or i don't care just pick a episode that's cool um we would greatly appreciate that and i think i think some of the family members would definitely appreciate that as well yeah um you can you can find us on instagram it's nosy nancy's and you can join us on our facebook group it's Nosy Nancy's podcast. Um, we also uh, have a TikTok. It's Nosy Nancy's podcast as well. And now that I have time, I'll probably be posting more on there. It's just a lot. Um, we, I don't think we're going to be doing listener stories next season. Um, but we are always open for suggestions, communication, uh, flirtation little little notes that's fine so if you want to send that you can send us that at nosy nancy's at gmail.com that's n-o-s-e-y n-a-n-c-i-e-s at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you send um, us a send us a uh type us up something yeah, type us up something. Type hey, us up, up, up something. <laughs> <laughs> type maybe type us up some uh, speech therapy. That'd be great. That would be nice. Um, we could stroke it out. <laughs> oh my god, I never realized how much I fucking just cannot talk until I started this podcast. I stutter on everything. You, you ever see that? You actually what? are not that are not that bad. Really? Are you yeah. just saying that? I feel like you're just saying that. I am, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, liar. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am that bad. <clears throat> I think it's because I have ADHD, and I just cannot. Like, I have so many things in my head. Yeah. And I just can't get them out. No, I'm the same time. way. I'm the same no, way. My mouth does better. not move as, as quickly as my brain. I don't think my brain moves at all. My mouth constantly moving. I know it. Some, constantly filled with something. <laughs> all right. That's it. I'm done. Okay. Let's fucking look. Let's grab our wigs, let's grab our glass eyes, and let's get the hell out of here. I agree. Get your get your peg leg. Don't forget yep. it. Yep. Our wooden legs. We're <laughs> leaving. All right. Uh, stay tuned for next season. Yeah, see you next season. Ciao. Say la vie, man.